Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh, I just noticed something cool about that theme, which you can't hear because while we're recording. But this guy says right now in the video, in the music, and then I usually start talking. I didn't. Why did it take me so long to realize this? All right, hey, hello everybody. It's uh, Rodney with Cole. Hello. Uh, today we were going to talk about the PlayStation Five event and season four of Modern Warfare, but uh, all that's been delayed because of things happening in the U.S. So crazy things. Crazy things. Yeah. So here we are. We're going to talk about Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. How exciting. You excited, Cole? Oh, I'm I'm super excited. Have you uh, had much thought into what the uh, sequel's going to hold or what? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, like, I, I can't remember when that, that trailer dropped for it. The, the sequel is in development. That was a long time ago. Uh, looks like 2019. Really? Uh, yeah, E3 2019. Oh, I, thought it, I thought it was farther back than that, but yeah, I've had a lot of thoughts since then, and uh, yeah, let's crack them open. Totally. Uh, Will was going to be here, but uh, he couldn't get the computer to start. So every time something's wrong with the computer, he always calls me. He goes, I can't get your fucking, compu- your fucking <laughs> computer to start, because I gave him my very piece of shit Lenovo laptop out of the goodness of my heart, and uh, yeah, so now it's my fault. That Why does he get a new computer? He's living the bachelor life. He's living the best will life he can. He should just get a new computer. Uh, I think he's building a keep, uh, gaming PC right now, actually. Oh, I have such a fear of building a PC that I'm going to finish it all and try to turn it on and it's not going to work. Well, you don't build it. You get somebody else to build it, but you tell them what parts I, I, to put people, in. I know people who build their own computers. Well, yeah, me too, but I'd, yeah. I'd rather not fuck it up. Yeah, that me is- neither, because I'm, I'm a fuck up. You're a you're a Doug. As we work on as <laughs> I'm, I'm a Doug. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, All right. Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild two coming up right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. All right, guys. Welcome to the show. It's uh, gonna be a little lonely, little little factless without Cole today, or without Will, I think. Poor Will. Poor Will. He needs to get a with his computer. with your crappy computer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, let's look at Breath of the Wild too. So this trailer came out, uh, like I said in the intro, uh, June eleventh, twenty nineteen. And yeah. So here's pretty much it. We'll talk about everything that's been confirmed 
for Breath of the Wild 2, and then we'll go into speculations and stuff they should add and all that. Uh, so in the trailer, uh, it shows them going underground, presumably under the castle, I would imagine. Because uh, it's still got, like, old ruins and stuff that look similar to the construction of the castle. Uh, Link and Zelda are walking through this uh, with torches. They not, they're not walking, they're riding the... Oh, yeah, they start riding. Or, yo, you're right. Zelda, lazy fucking bitch, uh, is riding <laughs> oh this God. this tusky, uh, mammoth-looking thing. Uh, and Link's walking. So, we know who the real hero is. Anyways, uh, yeah, and then there's still some... I call it Calamity Goo. That, like, that, like liquidy dark shit that you take damage from in Breath uh, oh, of the Wild. Oh, yeah, yeah. Calamity yeah. Goo? I call it Isn't Calamity Isn't it just goo. darkness? Sure. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, a rat's running from Calamity Goo, and next shot is uh, Link and Zelda and Mammoth Dude walking across this underground bridge with luminous stones luminescing. That's a shirt. Luminous stones luminescing. Luminescing stones luminescing. <laughs> um... And then there's a picture of uh, Zelda holding up a torch and Link in the background, and my first thought is, have they fucked yet? I mean, they've <laughs> only been waiting for like a hundred years to see each other. Aren't they like, not nah. siblings, but they're like chosen together or something? Oh, dude, like, have you not read Zelda's diary in Hyrule Castle? Like, she wants the Link D. She wants the <laughs> D-Link. She wants to deflower the Link. Link's, Link's asexual, man. Link doesn't, he's like, I don't need it. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, and then, uh, you know, some shit happens, and then it reveals this humanoid, mummified-looking Ganon motherfucker thing. Ganondorf, we'll call him. And Ganondork. Ganondork! Get your, get your best Legend of Zelda jokes here on the Video Games Now podcast, but yeah. Yeah. Reveal, uh, Ganondork. Uh, okay, so that's what the trailer holds. Uh, I want to sidebar this later, but let's talk about where this game falls on the Zelda timeline, because that's super interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so then they say the sequel Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is now in development. Blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, what about the Hyrule Castle raising up? Raising Hyrule up. Castle's getting, oh, getting yeah, raised, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cut to Hyrule Field as the castle blasts off. Where is it heading? To the moon, 500 feet above its previous position. Do we follow Link away from Hyrule, or perhaps we might stay below and play as Zelda? Because this was originally DLC. Right, like this, this yes. trailer, this thing that they cut together was DLC, and they were like, "Hey, this story is actually pretty interesting," and it kept getting bigger and bigger. And they're like, "Why don't we just make this into the sequel?" Yes, he. I remember. I think E.G. Awanuma said that it's it was too big to be DLC. So then they're like, "Okay, well, let's just take it away and just make it a whole new game." Mm-hmm. All right, so few tidbits that slipped out during the E3 2019. He talked about the team's desire to return to the established Hyrule from Breath of the Wild and to incorporate new gameplay and story in that world. This grew from an overabundance of ideas for DLC. He specifically called it a continuation of Breath of the Wild, so this is definitely the same Zelda and Link we've grown over the past years, or grown to know. Um, I, got a, I got a quick sidebar question. What do you think is the perfect amount of DLC for a game like this? As in, like, you, you look at, like, Witcher, and Witcher had the three big DLCs. And um, there's, like, other action-adventure games that kind of have, like, Pokemon has the two, the sword and the shield mm -hmm. DLC. You know, like, what do you think is a good... And then Legend of Zelda, for instance, had two DLCs. Do you think two is good? Three? Um, so, I'm, I'm going to say this. 
Um, and I mean this in no the best DLC? way. Po I'm gonna say this in the in the best way possible. Breath of the Wild itself was kind of empty. In like there was a lot of empty space. Like it was filled with fucking Korok seeds and you know random enemies and horses and wildlife and stuff like that. But like the game itself was empty. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it was like go to this corner, go to this corner, yeah, go to this corner, go to this yeah. little development of houses and you know what I mean? Yeah, it it felt empty. Um, so I I mean that to me showed me that there could have been more DLC maybe sprinkled around somewhere but uh, I, I get why it was empty I get that Ganon took over the castle and calamity gooed the fuck out of everything and now everyone's dead except for select mm -hmm. few people right but except uh, for stables the yeah. 10 stables yeah uh, I really did like the DLC for Breath of the Wild because uh, each beast that you did, you got a very small snippet of who the champions were and they were all as super interesting as characters. Yeah. And the most interesting being Zelda because you saw more of her and the development of her character than anybody else. But I felt like the story wasn't finished being told in terms of the champions uh, and the DLC literally fixed all those problems that I had with that. Because they nice. gave you more to do with, with each champion and then you got your own divine beast. I was like, this is fucking bitchin'. So yeah, uh, so I think two's enough. Depending on two's good. Like, what else could they do if they're going back to the same Hyrule? Well, like, I mean, what else they could said they that they had an overabundance of DLC ideas. Like, they're like, there's too many DLC ideas. We got to make a new game. And do you think that they should have continued to work on the first one rather than jumping into the second game? Or are you you glad that they're going right into the second game? I think I'm glad they're going into the second game because, like I said, it was empty. Like, what else could you do? Like, with, with Smash Brothers, like, you could come out with an unlimited amount of characters and call it DLC, but with Breath of the Wild, like, what else is there to do? Right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. oh, let's find uh, the burial place of the first Link or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what what yet what else you could do, really. Mm. But anyways, uh, the sequel is being directed by some dude whose name I can't pronounce. The same man who took the wheel on the previous game, as well as That's several... why we need Will here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he Hader... can pronounce those Japanese names. Hidemaro uh, Fujibayashi. Uh, Fuji That's what his name is. Nice. Um, Nailed it. Fu Fujibayashi reportedly took uh, inspiration from Skyrim while developing Breath of the Wild, and series boss Aonuma confirmed that many of the younger staff on the sequel had been playing Red Dead Redemption 2. Although how that will manifest in the final product is still unknown at the moment, uh, Aonuma also said this entry of the series will be darker, so much more uh, Majora's Mask than Midish Cap. Nice. Yeah. That's good. I was thinking about that, like which which Legend of Zelda games don't because I don't think it's Ganon. Obviously, I I don't think that this dead person here is Ganon. But how many games Legend of Zelda games don't have Ganon as the villain? Because Majora's Mask is is one of them. Uh, uh, Minish Cap, all the four swords. That it's Vati. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Majora's Mask, like you said. Um, Link's Awakening. I actually I'm I'm on the last area of a link's awakening and i never finished it i'll have to go back and, and try to beat it but uh, it's the giant bird i don't think ganon's really a part of it i could yeah. be wrong because i mean they could just be like it is like it was ganon dressed as a giant bird well it is a fictional land so who knows but all mm. right so let's talk about the placement of this and the timeline so uh 
crazy before 2012. I think it was 2012. Uh, everybody was speculating the chronological order of all the Zelda games until finally Nintendo officially released uh, Zelda timeline and blew everything out of the water because no one ever expected there to be a third branch of time of a timeline, which is where the hero got defeated. So. Um, I don't know how that plays out, because in Ocarina of Time, apparently Link loses, and then everything fall like the whole kingdom falls into the into the downfall timeline. But how, like, does Zelda just pick up the Ocarina of Time and go, oh, doo -doo -doo -doo, and it's all fine, and we have a round two? Like, I don't understand I, how that works. I remember. Um isn't that that book? They have that that book of all the Link timelines. I yeah. wanna I wanna try to find that Hyrule Historia. I'm I'm I like that a lot. Like I like the hero losing sometimes. I know I think it's it makes things interesting. I like post-apocalyptic thingies. Yeah. I w my thought is I wonder if this Link is the Link that lost because this is the yeah, only right. Link that has ever been defeated ever. Well, I mean, isn't that what happened? Isn't a hundred years ago he they lost? Yeah, then... Link got defeated. Yeah. Um. So, I wonder if this Ganondorf in this trailer, this I'm assuming it's Ganondorf. He's got the fucking orb of eye or Sockus or whatever the fuck in his forehead, and he's got red hair and he's got brown skin. Like, is this not Ganondorf from Ocarina of Time? Mm. I wonder if the sages did something to him so that he wouldn't uh, take over the kingdom. Um, so do you think this might be a sequel? Like this is might be you playing Link when he loses? I think the Link that loses in the original might... Well, actually, no, that can't be, can't, that can't, yeah, that can't be either because when Link lost in Ocarina of Time, obviously that was the ordeal of Ocarina of Time, but this story is totally different than Ocarina of Time because it's the four champions... You know what I mean, right? So that didn't exist for Ocarina of Time. I don't know. I think Nintendo just kind of half-assedly threw a fucking timeline together and didn't put much thought into it. Or they're way overthinking it, and it's just, like, super nutty. And a couple of other things in this game. Uh, there's one memory in particular where uh, Zelda knights Link, and she says something about... Uh, something about... Uh, Twilight something rather like it was th she was referencing Twilight Princess so that would almost put this game in the child timeline mm hmm so I don't know. it's it's it hurts my brain to think about yeah I'm trying to like I'm trying to read this and figure it out at the same time it's pretty it's pretty pretty loud yeah intense like I, I can't tell if it's sloppy storytelling or if they're just like you know, like anthology, you're just like we're gonna, just, we want to tell a story in this setting, and we can just throw it into this timeline. Yeah, the downfall timeline makes kind of no sense to me. It's like all the games they couldn't explain; they just fucking threw it in one timeline. But like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Like On all the the Discord, somebody's gonna have to throw up their best explanation of the Zelda timeline. Explain it to us; we can't figure it out. Well, the child and adult timelines make perfect sense because mm -hmm. it's it's child timelines, the timeline that Link was sent back to after he saved Hyrule after Ocarina of Time, and then all those games follow. That all makes perfect sense. Um, and then in Twilight Princess, you know the, the skeleton guy that you learn your skills from? That's yeah. the hero of time. Um, because he uh, wandered back into the Lost Woods to find Navi, 
and yep. adults can't live in the Lost Woods and they become Skelfos. So that's that's the hero of time. And then mm -hmm. he's tr passing his knowledge down to the new Link because the Hyrule never recognized him as a hero because he was sent back to the before all the shit happened, right? Mm -hmm. So that's super cool. Uh, the adult timeline makes sense because Zelda sends Link's back and now there's no hero to save Hyrule when it gets fucked, right? So boom. That all makes perfect sense. It's the downfall timeline that makes no sense. Interesting. Yeah. But the downfall timeline is kind of, yeah, what happens when, when you lose. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, so, here's what people are speculating about Breath of the Wild 2. The short haircut suggests that Zelda might be getting in on the action this time around. As uh, as we said above, a neat bob won't get caught on swords and scabbards strapped to the character's back. Playing as the princess would be an easy way to freshen up the spin on the formula. There's only been one game where Zelda's been playable, besides Smash Bros, obviously, uh, which mm -hmm. was Spirit Tracks. I never played Spirit Tracks. It was okay. It was, it was what on about, the uh, What about the Battle Royale one? What's that called? Um, oh, well, that doesn't count. That's not canon. No, I... I uh, Hyrule Warriors? Yeah. Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, I think it could be really interesting. I mean, Zelda's got, like, so much uh, interesting playable uh, uh, possibility, you know, potential. What if it, what if it could be co-op? That'd be cool. If one person was Link, one was Zelda? That'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be interesting. I... I it's funny how few so few games have co-op now like it's you mean like couch co-op or do you mean like online co-op uh both i think i think more yeah. couch co-op but here's the thing is like i hate games that build a co-op experience like a full co-op experience um but when you don't have anyone to play with the game becomes unfun because now you're controlling this fucking apc or sorry, NPC bullshit character. Like, go over there and do that, and then they kind of like half-assly go over there and like get stuck on stupid collision, and then like forget what they're doing. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just. And then you get the other spectrum when you're playing like Mario Galaxy, where one person plays as Mario and one person plays as uh, a, a uh, star dot that collects. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. I mean, it's difficult to to um do it in the middle right like sea of thieves is a good example because when you beat the sea of thieves um uh the story mode the what's the adventures called i can't even remember the gold hoarders or something yeah the like yeah. when you complete the shores of gold when you go to the shores of gold there's all of these puzzles and all of these um things that you have to do as a team but you also have to be able to do it when you're on your own you know like it's so mm -hmm. it's kind of tough to make find the balance of something that's fun for two or more people and also doable when you're by yourself yeah mm. uh but on the other hand i could if they made zelda an intelligent ai character and had which you, is an oxymoron <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm just i'm just having nightmares of uh resident evil 5 yeah i suppose I, I still think the best AI I've ever encountered in the last, like, five years was uh, Fallout 5. Or, I'm sorry, um, Far Cry 5. Far Cry 5. Like, the best AI. 
Like, your guns for hire were super smart, except the rocket launcher guy. He was really fucking stupid. He would, like, <laughs> hide behind a tree, and they'd be like, Oh, there's a guy! And he would rocket launcher the tree and kill himself. You're like, alright, well, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, well, at least that's one less guy we gotta... Yeah. <laughs> gotta take care of. Um, but yeah, if there was good AI... As a Zelda person who was with you the whole time, I think that would be super cool. Like, what I'm thinking of is when you're fighting Ganondorf in Wind Waker and she's like shooting arrows at him, like shit like that. Like, she actually helps you fight and find stuff and is actually a useful sidekick character. Because that Breath of what the if, Wild. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, what if, what if, um, you can choose between like, what if Link is the side character and Zelda is the protagonist, but not like, but you can like pick between the two of them. Like you're like, oh, I gotta play as Zelda, and then Link has to be the yeah the side character. You know, kind something where you can like swap back and forth between them. Kind of like Luigi and Gooigi and Luigi's Mansion Three. <laughs> yeah, uh, Link Except, and yeah, Goo Zelda, <laughs> Goo Zelda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That could be interesting. I now that's making me wonder what the puzzles are going to be like if Zelda's going to be a playable character, or if she will even be a playable character. Mm-hmm. Because this is this is different. Because uh, you're not saving Zelda now; you're doing something else. Yeah, Entirely, so. I, in every game, do you save Zelda in every single game? Pretty much, uh, other than yeah, pretty much. There's a couple games I can't I'm blanking on them right now, but where you don't save Zelda. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Link's Awakening. You don't save Zelda. You save the Windfish. Yeah, and you save. Uh... The horse girl, what the heck's her name? Maria Marina? Marilla? Mar uh, Marin? Marin? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Alright, um... So this is speaking at E3 2019 with both IGN and Kotaku. E.G. Uh, Awanuma artfully dodged a question regarding Zelda as a playable character, whether in solo or co-op mode. Uh, when asked, he replied with this vague statement. It's kind of an interesting that you bring that up, because Breath of the Wild, you see Zelda and Link together often, too, so... To go straight into the thought of co-op is very interesting to me. Is co-op interesting to him or simply the notion that occurring to I, the interviewer? I kind of, like, agree a little bit. Like, while we were talking about that, I'm like, are we just, like, heavily overreacting? And are they just, like... Because in, in Breath of the Wild, you have all your flashbacks where you you and Zelda are just mm -hmm. chilling and, and doing shit, you know? Like, is this them just chilling and doing shit and then something happens and she's like, Oh, Link, I'm going to go, uh, you know, uh, take care of the the... the the grass and the flowers and you go and fight this this guy after they discovered him i swear to god if you play the first like hour of the game and then zelda gets kidnapped i'm gonna lose it yeah like i just fucking saved you bitch i don't know if she'll get kidnapped but like she'll just be uh, i don't know support uh most zeldas are very much the damsel in, in distress, but this Zelda is not afraid to get her hands dirty. Like, mm -hmm. she's like, alright, I'm the only one left, I'm just gonna roam in solo and fucking take on Ganon, hold him off for a hundred years until some help arrives. Like, that's pretty fucking ballsy. Yeah. Alright, so we have, uh, Aonuma, yada yada yada. Uh, it's not much to go on, but uh, Aonuma has been become ad adept over the years at deflecting lines of questioning and giving cryptic responses. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all we can really deduce is that he's familiar with the concept of co-op, obviously, and heard that the fans hoping to play Zelda in the previous game. Uh, I, this is my favorite Zelda, to be honest. Mm -hmm. This is my favorite Zelda in terms of her character. Uh, before that, it was Skyward Sword. 
Skyward Sword was uh I don't know. I I stopped at like I played Twilight Princess and I like I love Twilight Princess, but I there's just something about Skyward Sword that didn't really wasn't really a hook for me. Mm-hmm. But how uh, was she in Skyward Sword? What was the Zelda like then? She was very waifu. Um <laughs> You like that? You were into that? Uh yeah, I was into that. But basically she's the uh, I don't even know how to explain her character. I don't know. She just hooked me in the very beginning, and it made me want to save her. Like, that was my whole motivation for playing the game. Like, it didn't just be like, oh, like, Ocarina of Time does a kind of a shitty job of that, to be honest. And I'm, I'm about to bash the f- most heavily reviewed game of <laughs> ever, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, you leave the forest, and you meet this fucking little girl who's a princess, and you're like, oh, hey, what's up? And she's like, hey, you need to do all this shit. Why? Like, there's no motivation for me to do all this shit. You know what I mean? It's just, they're just telling you because to do I all this shit. You. Yeah. And yeah. then and then you go and you do all this shit and you come back and you pull the master sword out and then you and then time goes on, and you never see this chick again. Okay? And they're like, Oh, it's the princess. Mm-hmm. Like, you grew up in a forest, you don't know the fucking concept really of of the royal mm-hmm. family. Yeah. Uh, and then at the end of the game, it's like, oh, hey, I was talking to you this whole time. And you're like, cool. And then she gets kidnapped and you're like, oh, I must save Zelda. It's like, you fucking barely know the fucking bitch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so that uh, uh, Ocarina of Time is a very cookie cutter Hollywood formula. Yeah, it's very, it's very like, it's what the people want. Yeah, it's the it's, it's your the, typical hero story. Yeah, it's like the exact same concept that Harry Potter is based off of, or what Star Wars is based off of. It's like your parents are dead, but they were when when you were they didn't even say this in Ocarina of Time, but when you were when your parents were alive, they were super freaking awesome at doing this. Uh, but now they're dead, and now you had no idea that this world existed, and you need to go out and save the world. You know what I mean? It's the same fucking cookie cutter thing. Mm-hmm. The hero's journey is what it's called. Yeah, which people like. Like, people enjoy that. Like, they when you stray too far and get weird, like, you start to lose uh, a certain slice of the pie where Ocarina kind of hits every everything. Yeah. But, in, okay, so in Skyward Sword, which is what, this is what I liked about this Zelda, is the first 25, 30 minutes of the game, um, you're introduced to Zelda and Link and the relationship, and you guys know each other for your childhood friends, essentially. And it just... It builds the chemistry and the relationship between you and Zelda. And then uh, when Zelda tr- gets sucked into the fucking undercloud world, whatever the fuck, and you go to save her and you fail, it's like, fuck. Like, that gives you motivation to continue doing what you're doing and to actually play the game. Mm-hmm. So. Lost, man. Lost gives you, gives you a reason to keep going. Yeah. That's why I play all my games on my hardest difficulty because I lose 500 times and I'm like, I gotta beat it. Um, but what Breath of the Wild did ingeniously is you have no memories of what happened 100 years ago and if it's your first time playing the game, you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going on and there's this gigantic open world and I'm just going to go exploring. And that's the whole game is you're exploring Hyrule for the first time, essentially, and the, my favorite part was the memories. First of all, for the puzzle aspect of it, because it's like, here's a place, and then you, if you didn't know where the place was, like I did, I didn't look anything up, right? You just look at the picture, and you're like, 
okay, well, there's... You gotta figure it out for the picture. Yeah, that, yeah was, that was really fun. Yeah, it's like, okay, there's desert mountains here, and there's trees there. Like, I'll look somewhere around here. And then you start to piece it all together, and then the reward is this memory and this really cool story plot point that is out of sequence. Because no one ans no one finds all the memories in sequence. So Yeah, right? You just kind of go where, oh, I recognize this area. I'm going to go there. Because you can pick any direction you want to go first. So Yeah. So I really like that. I really like that they told a story out of sequence and you had to piece together everything. And at the end of it all, you're like, man, this Zelda girl is fucking awesome. I need to save the Zelda girl. Yeah, she's saving you, essentially. Yeah, essentially, yeah. She's been saving you for 100 years. Yeah. All right. Uh, playing the reveal trailer backwards for clues reveals that, although it certainly sounds creepy, findings are inconclusive for anyone hoping to discover a hidden message. <laughs> Well, I mean, people do that a lot. Like they'll they'll put things in, or you have to play, you have to slow it down at this point and do this and blah da 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 to find stuff. But uh, I would have never have thought to play it backwards. There's nothing in this trailer that makes me think like playing if, it backwards. If would. you play it backwards, there's no fucking conflict in this game. Because Ganondorf dies, and then oh, they is it because walk of the, the the music? Yeah. I think oh so. yeah, because the music kind of sounds like when you talk. You, you the, the way we talk ends a certain way and then when you replay it it sounds like like you're sucking everything in that's kind of how the music sounds in the trailer oh this brings up an interesting point what if you somehow go back in time a hundred years and see um, portions of breath of the wilds Hyrule before the calamity so I like don't think populated Hyrule. Yeah, like you go to Castletown and it's fucking Castletown. It's bustling and and there's people there and there's wagons and side quests and shit like that. That'd be interesting. But how would they do that? How would they keep that canon? Yeah, that would be that would be tough, but really cool. Like it would be super interesting. Like uh, this feels like a post-apocalyptic Zelda world. Yeah, having a non-post-apocalyptic Zelda world would be interesting. Like seeing the gates or the wall and the cities in the the forest and stuff that are all destroyed and taken over. Wait, where was that Battle of the Guardians when they attacked that wall in the woods? Yeah, uh, seeing that as like a, a town would be would be really cool. Uh, there's a video on YouTube, I think Zeltic, uh, he has a bunch of shit on Breath of the Wild too, but, uh, one of the videos he said that there's a, uh, I can't remember exactly where it is, but it's by Kakariko Village, I think, actually. Um, mm -hmm. looked like a bomb shop, because there's only, there's very little wood framing left, and there's three guardians, uh, like, destroyed guardians by this thing, so he's like, what if this was a bomb shop? Uh, it caught fire, all the bombs exploded, and killed these three guardians with it. So, That'd be cool. Uh, everywhere you look in Breath of the Wild, there's, like, if you do a little bit of forensic work, like, a, there's a story to be told. Like, there's a guardian, I think, up by the, uh, research facility, like, in north of Death Mountain there. There's a guardian with an arrow in its eye, and then, like, a little bit further on from him is a, is a dead archer. Like, a bones and, uh armor and a bow and stuff so it's like that guy's like final stand was killing that guardian essentially it makes the world so much more lived in you know and like yeah. lived in worlds are the are just lemony fresh that's yeah. what you want uh okay so there's cave paintings it's with with these cave paintings referencing pre-calamity times we love to hop back in time and see how roll before it fell 
To see Castletown and all the outposts and farms from Breath of the Wild at their peak, bustling from their ruin, it would certainly be a melar uh, melarchy to return to the past knowing what the future has in store. That's just our wishful thinking at the moment. And with a little more confirmed or denied right now, it's f we're free to dream. Free to dream. Uh, some images. If you, if you did do that, how would like the, the adventure would be much more difficult to piece together? Like, what kind of adventure could you have in a in a like a societal world? You know. Yeah. Legend of Zelda Steampunk, twenty twenty seven. No. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, like if all the towns are happy and working and running and it's like it, it really waters down the story to being like, um, you know, with the post-apocalyptic and have monsters everywhere and adventures. But like when there's all these towns and stuff, it's harder to go out and have that that massive grand Legend of Zelda adventure, I believe. Mm hmm. Okay, um, here we are. Tyler McVicker, who runs the Valve News Network YouTube channel and has a Nintendo channel on the side, uh, has detailed a number of Breath of the Two... Breath of the Two. Breath oh, of the Two. Breath of the Two. I really hope they do not call it Breath of the Wild Two. That would be the worst name. Breath, Breath of the Wild-er. <laughs> more, more breaths in the wilder lands. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I can't even think of something funny to say about that. <laughs> we'll think of something. Yeah, we'll think of something. Uh, okay, so that's all that people are speculating right now. Um, what kind of features would you like to go away from Breath of the Wild? Was there any features you didn't like? Um, besides the Korok uh, Seeds, because that's obvious. Besides the which one? The Korok Seeds. Uh, I think the quarks are interesting. They're just intense. Like I like I like collectibles and I like digging around for for secrets. Um, I f damn that's a that's a tough one. I'm trying to think if there's anything that really annoyed me about Breath of the Wild. So we I think we talked about Breath of the Wild two last year with Adam actually. Mm -hmm. There was two things that we were wondering. One was how are they going to make the the land kind of fresh again like are all the um are all the shrines still the gonna shrines be there gonna are, disappear are all the they... towers gonna be there and and available to fast travel because presumably if you're playing this game you played the first one yeah right so it'd be weird to just jump in on this one but at the same time what if they uh they, the game looks at your Switch save data and sees that you have a game of Breath of the Wild and then uses data from that in this game. So it's like, oh, you have the Golden Pile of Pooh. Here's your DLC Golden Pile of Pooh armor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I think that would be a good thing. Or even if you have a Breath of the Wild 1 and you go to play Breath of the Wild 2 and you haven't discovered a certain amount of shrines, if they are there in the second one, maybe those ones wouldn't be there. Yeah or not discovered yet or something like that's or how they're going to take away all of Link's powers like if you start this game are you going to start with all of the well you the essentially get all powers the, and you get all the shit in the beginning of the game on the last game right so you, you would have stasis and chrono cro, whatever the chronosis and mm -hmm. all those magnesis all those I, I, yeah, I think they would just give those to you however I feel like they are going to introduce maybe a new one I don't even know what else you could do. Like, they pretty much nailed it. Yeah, that's why it's hard to, to do, like, 
Breath of the Wild 2. You know, it's it's got to be something new. Like you probably wouldn't use your 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 sheet. What's it called? The the, the... Sheikah slate. Yeah, Sheikah slate. Like they probably take that away. You you don't need that anymore, or you wouldn't like if this is after Calamity Ganon, then you wouldn't really need it anymore. And if it was before, you wouldn't have it yet. So it's got to be got to be something new. Uh, I disagree. I think they're gonna keep the Sheikah slate. I think. It plays a too big of a role in Breath of the Wild for it not for it just to be kind of thrown aside, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna add a new power. What, like I said, what they will add is completely up in the air because I have no idea what they can even add. Like you basically can't, don't breathe fire. Like that's the only thing it doesn't do is like breathe fire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, maybe you can switch from cryosis to heat. Tosis or something? I don't know what, <laughs> what you'd call that. I want Legend of Zelda farming, where you just farm the beasts that you ride down. You know how they're riding that, that buffalo thing? Yeah. You just have a farm and you just raise the buffalo, and that's it. And Legend then Twi- of Zelda farming simulator. And then Twilight Princess is born. Yeah. Because you, <laughs> you start on a farm. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> Alright, so what else could they put in this game? I think they should have traditional dungeons because I miss those. Yeah, yeah, like like Link to the Past dungeons. Yeah, that or was all. Good shit. did I like the dungeons in Skyward Sword? I liked I liked some of them. Some of them are really cool, but uh, there's a bunch of them that were actually annoying. Like the fuck the ship one. You haven't played the game. There's a dungeon. Uh, we have to go to a ship, and you're in the ship, you're exploring the ship, and then the ship starts sinking as you fight the boss, and, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Eager Raptor does a hilarious, um, rant on Skyward Sword. Uh, mm. the, the boss in there is, like, a giant, like, uh, octopusy looking thing with a giant eyeball. He's like, oh, I wonder what his fucking weak point is. Yeah. Um. Very Legend of Zelda weakness for yeah. the bosses, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, Goma. Oh, I wonder what your fucking weakness is. Um, mm. But Ego Raptor, Ego Raptor doesn't actually like. He likes Ocarina of Time, but he doesn't think it's the best of all time. And he like made a, uh, he did a sequelitis video where he was comparing Link to the Past versus Ocarina of Time and why Link to the Past is a superior game. I I love Link to the Past. I think Link to the Past is probably my favorite. Legend of Zelda. If but you yeah, go, yeah. yeah, if you guys have not seen that sequelitis episode, you need to watch it if you're a Zelda fan. Like, it, he hits every point perfectly on the head in terms of Ocarina of Time. So, have you seen that, Cole? I don't think so. I'll watch it after, oh, after it's, this. It's brilliant. Like, and he's so entertaining to listen to. So, mm. uh, anyways, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I, I agree with you, though. Like, the traditional dungeons is a good, is a good one to add. Traditional dungeon Shrines are fine. But you know how um, in Ocarina Time and in uh, Majora's Mask, you could like blow up a specific thing of grass and it would reveal a hidden area. And you, yeah, and you'd go in there and they'd be like, "Oh, here's a chest with like five rupees in it." Like, mm-hmm. why don't you make uh, puzzle like hidden puzzles throughout the land, and your reward is a shrine, and then you go in and then you get a spirit orb, and then you can go get your shit. I think that was a. Uh, the way they did some of the puzzles for the shrines was kind of cool. Yeah, and um, Breath of the Wild is all about exploring Hyrule, like the above ground Hyrule. In yeah. this next one, we've already, like, you know, we've done we've done that. So I don't think they wanted you to spend much time in these dungeons because they wanted you to be 
in this amazing world that they created. But now that we're in the the second one, or potentially Breath of the Wild 2, I think that opens up more for your traditional, you know, dungeon crawling where we didn't get yeah. in, in that one. Where they wanted to keep it a little bit so you could do these all of these shrines here or there, but the catch was the was the open world. So and for the second one, yeah, I think that's good. Like you pick up a rock and then you get to go in a do a little a little sum sum. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the thing with the shrines, the shrines were fun, and they all were, they all were different, but they all felt the same. You know, like it just it didn't feel diverse enough for me, and they they weren't long enough to hold your attention. Some of them, I'm glad they were short because you're like, fuck, this shrine's fucking annoying. Yeah, sometimes you would like, you know, how they always had the second, or there was always like another challenge hidden within it, so you would do your main thing and then there was like something else or there was always uh, another chest of fire each, each had like two or three chests in it that would you would unlock and then there'd be like a couple crap items and then the one really good hidden one mm -hmm. I, I think there was one where you had to launch something i remember it was like you had to launch a ball and have it land like at the end of this hallway or land in specific things and it was so freaking difficult even just to beat the regular one and then after you beat the regular one you could go behind where the dude was sitting and there was yep. another even harder one yeah, and I was like, I can't even. I could barely do the first one. Uh, I hated the ones on top of Twin Peaks, where it's like, oh, you need to memorize these fucking ball placements, and then go to the shrine across the peak, oh, and then oh yeah. fuck that one. And that I, was. Uh, I hated was all the gimbal ones too, where you had to like move your switch, like get this. Oh yeah, get yeah, this. Yeah. You're you're playing handheld and you have to move your fucking switch 180 degrees to the other side and you can't see what you're fucking looking at now and you don't know if it's the oh god i hate those ones those ones are tough yeah i like i don't i'm not a big fan of that type of uh it works for the, the using the sheikah slate like i mean it's a type of mini game that works for the game but yeah that was like that drive me freaking crazy it was fine if you're using a pro controller or you're using you're playing on your tv but when you're holding your switch like Fuck that. There should have been, and there was no way for you to just move it with your thumbstick. Like, you had to do that motion. <laughs> you had to turn it all the way around. Yeah. So that was dumb. But, I mean, that's like the only complaint I have about the game. The rest of the game's great. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, I had, well, I said this on the previous podcast we talked about Breath of the Wild, but the best part about Breath of the Wild for me was that I didn't know anything about the game. I only watched the release trailer and, like, was super stoked about it but that was the only uh exposure that i had to the game and then when i played the game for the first time i knew absolutely nothing i didn't know what to expect i didn't look anything up on the internet i figured everything out on my own and that just made the game way better for me mm -hmm. all right what else can we add what about fishing there's no fishing in breath of the wild oh yeah you think and i kind of i i the weapons breaking there's such a such a fine line between that being like a great mechanic and just terrible. Yeah, it, it's it's bearable in the normal playthrough. On master mode, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I did not play master mode only because of that, and so I'm in the practice area, and it took l literally twenty fucking hits to kill a bokoblin, and I had like. Um, a woodcutter's axe, like, that's, like, the best thing you can get in the fucking starting area, practically. And, mm -hmm. yeah, it would break in, like, five hits. You're like, oh, cool. Thanks, game. And then I found a Lionel in the starting area. I'm like, I'm out. I'm just gonna go I, back to regular I, mode. I like, like, 
I like finding interesting, unique weapons, you know, and then I would never use them because I wouldn't want them to break. You know, it's like, oh, I found this really cool whatever. And then I'm like, oh, I, when when are the right times to, to use it? I, I'm I'm one of those guys, you know, it's like you save all the best items because you don't want to use them. Yeah, that's so I, I hated that for that because I didn't want it to break. You know, I wish there was a way that you could. Yeah, I don't the, know. I no, I I know what you like. What if there? You know how you can get your clothes dyed? What if there's something you can go to? Like you can go to a, a blacksmith, and he would enhance your item, and then it would add like um, electro blade plus, and then it had more durability or something like that. Yeah, if something broke, but you could keep keep it and um, get it repaired or something, or like use it again. It doesn't have to be for like, obviously not for every stick. You can't get every stick repaired, but, or like rusty sword. But when you're in the Hyrule castle and you can find all the cool, like Hyrule swords and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There could be a character that's like, Oh, I haven't seen this style of sword forever. Bring me whatever, whatever. And then you can get these from me, you know? So that way, at least if you find something that you at least like, you can have, a plethora, oh. not a plethora of them, oh, but like... I, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So, like, somebody that you can just dump all this shit on and then stockpile it, and then you're like, hey, I want this sword now, and then you can go and... Yeah, and get yeah. it from him. Or he could, like, make... You know what I mean? Like, if he's like, oh, you found this weapon, and then you can, like, bring him materials. Because I feel like there was so many material options in Breath of the Wild, but there's only, a, like, a couple things you could do with it. There's, like, all these monster pieces. Like, it would be so much fun if you could, like use those for a whole bunch of different different things you know it's like so if you bring all these mo like certain monster pieces to this character he can put together something for you because i found that i would just have like maxed out of every single type of monster piece because yeah y y there's only one use for them actually here's a better thing what if you could bring like once you got the set of all the things so like the all uh, the royal uh, swords, broadswords, there's a royal scabbard, there's a royal shield. You bring all the royal stuff to the collector guy you're talking about, now you have mm -hmm. the set for for everything, and now anytime you find weapons of that set, the durability goes up. Yeah. Yeah. So that gives Something you an incentive to find... Something that make you actually want to use it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. We should be on the development team. I told you, every, actually, you weren't here last podcast, I said every podcast we come up with ways to improve games, so we should be game developers. Here we go. Actually, I think it would be fun. It would be fun. Like, I mean, our profession is storytelling, right? Like, we work in, in movies, and I think the video games is a great way to tell stories, and that's my favorite part about working in film is just, like, you know, coming up with the, being creative. So, yeah, it's good. Um, I like the stories, what sucks me in, and games as well, but fun things to do in the game and how they're implemented, I think, is what interests me as well. But mm. <sighs> my biggest thing about... I don't want to get into game development because I'm afraid it's going to ruin games for me. Like, like working in film has ruined movies for me. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, is it doesn't really ruin it for you, but it shows you the difference between good and bad. It's like it's like cooking, you know. It's like before you can eat anything, but when you're a cook, you actually like you can appreciate something that's cooked really well, yeah. and then stuff that's not cooked well, you're kind of like oh that's not as is good anymore like it just changes your taste you know so if you work on video games when you play something good you can actually look at it and be like oh my god this is so good but then you can't really go back to the to the yeah the bad or you can't you can't stomach the bad quite as well so i think being in video game development will just make you appreciate some things more and make you disregard 
yeah, some things. That's fair. So here, a uh, little bit of a sidetrack. So any dudes listening, you can steal this idea. So uh, I did a date idea for Brittany where we go to Walmart. Mm-hmm. Starting off really good, right? Uh, we go to Walmart uh, or any any. Well, actually, no, it has to be Walmart or some other department store like that. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but, uh, you go down the freezer aisle and you pick out dinner. We had chicken nuggets, uh, and then you go down the freezer, the ice cream aisle and you pick out ice cream. Uh, and then you go down the snack aisle and you get some snacks and then you go to the movie, uh, $5 movie bin. You pick out a movie and that's what you watch. All right. So the movie we picked was San Andreas and holy fuck that belongs in the $5 bin. San Andreas? Yeah, with The Rock. I don't think I know that movie. Okay, well, it's... Oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I... <laughs> it's pretty... It's... <sighs> the first scene, there's, like, a girl that's, like, texting and driving, and you're like, she's gonna die, she's gonna die, flips off the fucking cliff there, and is dangling on by a stick, like, her car's hanging on by a literal stick, you're like, okay... Uh, and then the rock comes in with a like search and rescue helicopter. He's flying it, and they're like, "Oh, how are we gonna get this girl from this car? Oh my god!" And Brittany, like, lower your fucking rope thing, dude. Like, and send a dude <laughs> down there, like any other search and rescue th- ever. Uh, but he's like, "Oh, we gotta tip the hat." So he literally flies his helicopter into the most unflyable area ever. Like he, like, I I can't even explain. It was just so dumb. But he gets his 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 helicopter has literally like centimeters of clearance on the blades. Um, when he's down That's there, safe. like Reggie's thing, yeah, I know, right? And then of course, after they save this fucking stupid girl in her car, um, it cuts to when they get back to base. It's like, yes, you're not going to show us how you got out of that unflyable fucking scenario, fucking movie. I just <laughs> looked it up online. They're making a second one. What? San Andreas two. What? Yeah. The first one was $5. And it's a newer movie, too. I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's uh, not that old. Uh, yeah, I don't think it was that long ago. Oh, shit. 2015. All right. It was five years old. But yeah, it's... Uh, and then the whole movie... Um, my wife, Brittany, always falls asleep during movies because I don't know why. That's just like a fucking... That's thing a very motherly thing to do. Yeah. Well, she did it before... <laughs> long before that. But yeah, she uh, just falls asleep through any movie. The only reason she has to not fall asleep for a movie if the movie's bad because then she's actually paying attention and be like why is this fuck this movie it doesn't make any sense uh so <laughs> me and her strange were, reason me and her were actually like tearing this movie apart the entire time that's and, good bonding yeah and uh we watched the uh cinema sins episode of this movie afterwards and he literally said everything we said throughout that whole movie that's funny Good. I'm never. I'm never gonna watch it. I hate. Like, I do not like disaster movies. I. I do not find disaster movies interesting. I, there's just nothing exciting about disaster movies for me. Well, one of the cities that this movie took place in was San Francisco, and I'm like, oh my god, are they gonna destroy the Golden Gate Bridge like in every other disaster movie in San Francisco? Yep. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. We just every movie I watch now, I just call things. Oh fuck! Brittany made me watch a movie called The Wrong Missy. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Oh, it's the the um, Happy Madison or um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, David Spade and whatever. And, yeah, those guys. But uh, dude, 
I've never felt so uncomfortable in my fucking life. That whole movie. Um, like, it's... Uh, the movie's about... Um, uh, he goes on a corporate trip to Hawaii and he means to invite this girl that he just met at the airport that's super smoking hot. Uh, and they had, a, they, you know, they had a thing and they almost fucked in the janitor's closet, yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, so he thinks he's inviting her, but he actually texts the wrong Melissa. He texts a different Melissa and she's a fucking psychopath. Like, everything she says, everything that comes out of her mouth, every situation she's in makes me so uncomfortable. Like the whole movie, I'm like, oh, it, yeah. I, I. So it's made by Happy Madison, which was um, the the company that made like um, uh, all the really good old Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. And I'm looking up their recent movies, and on Rotten Tomatoes, it has like all the percentage of their movies. It's like 22 percent, 22 percent, 11, 30, 22, 1 percent, 12 percent, 22 percent. Like, there's not a single movie on here. That's rated over fifty percent, and a lot of them are at zero. Bucky Larson, Born to Be a Star, zero percent. Well, that ridiculous that, six, zero percent. Yeah, I mean those titles sound like they're low percentage. Yeah, but it's like the same guys. It's like the um, the washed up Adam Sandler crew. Uh, well, I mean, what was I gonna say? The uh, Uwe Bowl. Any of you Uwe Bowl's movies are fucking shit shittily rated as well when he's a shitty director it's funny i was gonna say that we can tie in the san andreas to uh legend of zelda because it's like a um we were talking about how breath of the wild is the post-apocalyptic like it's it's the world destroyed after a natural disaster where san andreas is like the world destroyed after a natural disaster and then you switch to uh to the wrong missy and i'm like i can't tie this in at all (laughs) well now you just did so so you know yeah So, I'm wondering if they're gonna come out with a new Switch as well. Yeah, the Switch Two. Switch Two, two switching, two switching. Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild Two on the Switch Two. Or are they gonna just call it a Twitch? (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) That was like a Mickey Mouse laugh. (laughs) I (laughs) I did want to. We're building the change table on the dresser for the in the baby's room today and i mm-hmm. uh britney just gets frustrated over shit super easily so we're putting the the uh drawer uh like the wheel things i can't remember what they're called so you put the the tracks in the actual dresser right and then you put like the th- track liners on the actual drawers so we're putting those on and i'm like just line up the holes with the holes in the fucking dresser thing right in the drawer mm-hmm. And just screw in, just hand screw in the screws, and I'll come in and tighten them after. And she's like, "What? What holes?" And she's like, losing it because she can't find these holes. I'm like, the, "Just set it down, and like you'll see the holes. Like you can't miss them." And she's like, uh, "Just kind of freaking out about it." Anyways, I go over there. I'm like, "Oh look, a hole in a hole!" <laughs> 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 and I started laughing at my own joke, and she's not laughing because she's pissed off. And I'm like, oh, fucking come on. I did a perfect Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and you didn't fucking That's laugh. Funny. Oh. Oh, shit. Yeah, I got a lot of little voices in my trick of voices. Or my there you go. trick of bags of voices. So if we ever make a video game, you'll have to voice every character. Every single one. I'll be the Matt Blanc of uh, video games. You'll voice the um, Link in the in the new in Breath of the Wild 2. Well, you only have to... <laughs> 
what game, uh, Soul Calibur for the GameCube, Soul Calibur 4, where Link was in it, dude, he sounded like he was just vomiting when he did those. Um, compared to all the other, uh, games. Am I, am I not wrong? Let me just pull this up. I don't think it'll come through on the podcast, actually, so I'll have to, we'll have to figure it out. Post on the time. Discord, but yeah, just the, him getting hit by things. <laughs> yeah. So, That's pretty funny. All right, well, we're just bullshitting around now. We're near the end of the podcast, but, uh, let's see. I asked, uh, on the Discord, eh? Discordian. Uh, oh, uh, no. So I asked, uh, we're going to talk about Breath of the Wild 2 on the podcast. What kind of things would you like to see in the game? Uh, and no one commented. Bradley said, did I miss an announcement? No. <laughs> I just said that right now. Maybe he'll actually, uh, comment now. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to go to our Facebook page now because I also asked this on our Facebook page. Also, uh, we have not done the gaming word of the week. This is two times in a row that I haven't followed my script. Uh, and now we've, we've moved the gaming word of the week to the end of the fucking podcast, man. Oh, switching it up a little bit. See, every time I say gaming word of the week and I'm looking for gaming words, I type in gaming word of the week as if someone else is doing this shit. It's then you're just like, yeah. We, we were saying something um, earlier and I was like, that would make a funny gaming word of the week. Uh, oh, co-op. I was like, does anybody, do kids nowadays even know what co-op is anymore? Well, I mean, it does come up in modern games still. No, I, yeah. Uh... But here, let's um, see. Co-op in video games is when two or more people are able to play the same game on the same system. That's that's the thing is like it's the couch co-op is is co-op is like when you play the same game on the same system. It's not online. You know, like when there's a game that's like a co-op game but you can only play it online, no, that to me is not. I disagree. Co-op. I think co-op is is a is a valid term for two people playing the same game. But I think split screen is what you're looking for. Yeah, uh, yeah. Split screen. But split screen to me is like when you're playing against each other. Like split screen to me is um, uh, you wouldn't call Fable co-op split screen. You know, that's more of like um, GoldenEye split screen or like yeah. Halo when you you you'd be facing each other. That's kind of what I think of when I think of split screen. Totally. Uh, all right. So, so, what is our gaming word of the week? I think I think it should just be split like co-op split screen. Yeah, that's good. Co-op split screen. Split screen. Uh, Shout also, out to all them co-op games. Nobody also commented on our Facebook page. Come on, people. What's going on here? I think it's it's a weird time. You know, it's like things are starting to open back up. I mean, at least in Canada for yeah. um, uh, well, COVID us- and usually I forget. Uh, usually I forget to actually put the question on Facebook and Discord and then I'm like oh shit and then we're about to start the podcast and I just like quickly put it on and then usually one or two people comments but I actually put this on like four hours ago mm. so what ifs? actually I'm gonna go to my page because I share, shared it on my own Facebook page and let's see if anybody else commented oh I know that's <laughs> a slow it's a slow week. A, I mean, even even like I almost missed the podcast today. Like I had some stuff that uh, came up today. You know, it's and I almost couldn't make it, and then everything kind of turned around. So yeah, and people are getting people are getting busy again. We gotta settle into a new. We do a new and, time. And uh, the other thing too is we are doing a random podcast on Breath of the Wild too because there's no news, like zero. Yeah, I mean it's it's terrible what's going on in the states with like 
the riots and just a lot of a lot of stuff. So I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting time in the world right now. My two cents on that is Michelle Obama should run for president. Dude, I mean, she would be she'd be pretty dope. I mean, how do you put it? You've got the experience, and uh, she's a she's a good public speaker. I don't know it'd be it'd be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up for this week. And thanks a lot for listening, guys. Uh, join our Patreon page for exclusive weekly content, which we release for you Patreon too. types, tubes, tubes. And if you join it soon before next week, you can get in on our uh, our Modern Warfare Patreon. Uh, day. Yeah, yeah. So next, hey, uh, even if you Sunday. join it for join it for a week and then leave it after. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no. Uh, but we'll be streaming it. Uh, it's on the 14th, or we'd like it to be on the 14th. We're seeing what our Patreons have to say about it. So if you guys want to get in on that, yeah, join our Patreon. And otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. See you. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.